This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle. Weekdays at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. At Gallant Says on Twitter. Text into the show at 710-710. Welcome to the Paul Gallant Show. No Paul Gallant today. I'm filling in for my guy. It is Michael Bumpus. Thanks for joining us on this beautiful day. And like we start off every show, I got a question for you. Was this weekend the most fun you've had watching the M's this year? Man, it's been great. It was a good weekend, more duly for these M's. They sweep the Tampa Bay Rays at home. I want to give a shout-out to my guy, Nasa Chubby, who turned 30 on Sunday. He's a producer here as well. When he goes Aww, to those games, birthday, yeah, when he goes to those games, they're 7-0. So I'm, I'm convinced Nasa Chobi is the reason why these guys are winning. But <laughs> oh, on you to know these what? In- Mike Lefko, Wyman and Bob's producer, is trying to claim that title too, and he's got about is the he? same record. Yeah. Okay. All We're right. So have maybe to that one out. we gotta we gotta split them split them up. They, they rotate games. Ooh, there you so go. The, so these M's can keep going. But it was a great weekend. We saw what three walk off wins for the M's. I mean, we've seen grand slams. We saw uh, great defensive plays, double plays, Fraley in the outfield, robbing home runs. This was fun. This is the most fun I've had watching these M's and the reason why I continue to love these guys hard. So let's just get to some audio because you got to feel this. If you weren't there, if you weren't watching it, you can just feel the excitement. First, let's listen to J.P. Crawford's Grand Slam Saturday, the bottom of the second. Fleming ready, and the 0-1 to Crawford, swinging a drive deep to right field. Margot going back, and this one is gone. Grand salami time. Grandma, get out the right bread and mustard. It is grand salami time. J.P. Crawford with a line shot into the lower deck in straightaway right field. His fifth home run of the season. Fifth home run of the season. First grand slam of his career. He said it was really special for him. They were um, paying homage to the Negro Leagues. Had the steelhead, I believe, jerseys on. It was Juneteenth. It was it was uh, special for J.P. Crawford. First one of the year. All right, now let's go to Hanniger's RBI walk-off single the bottom of the 10th Saturday. And guess who scores the winning run? J.P. Here comes his first pitch. Swung on, lasered into left field. That's down for a base hit. J.P. Crawford rounding third base. He's being waved in. The throw to plate is not in time. It is party time at home plate. A walk-off winner. J.P. Crawford scores. Mitch Hanniger wins the game. And the Mariners walk it off for the second time in the series. Six to five in ten innings. The Mariners win it. Mariners doing what they do. Six to five in 10 innings. Did you know that they are seven and one in extra innings this year? Seven and one. I know people, a lot of people don't like the extra inning rules with the guy on second base. Me personally, I like it. It brings excitement to the game immediately. This is just a fun team to watch right now. What so far, what has been your favorite moment or what was your favorite moment more duly when it came to the M's this weekend? Oh, I think it definitely for me has to be, J.P. Crawford's just the combination of the Grand Slam and then scoring the winning run. Uh, he's got a lot of swag to him. Yeah. I like seeing him do well out there because it, it just looks like he's having fun and it looks like the team is so happy for him. Yeah. You can you can really get behind a guy like J.P. for the reasons you mentioned. The swag is ridiculous. The swag is on point. And he looks like he's having fun. But... Let's highlight this young man, Shed Long, who had a walk-off grand slam in the 10th inning yesterday. 
Shedlong Jr. has a chance to win this one in 10 for the Mariners. Castillo sets, fires. Swing out to right field. This is on its way back, and it's gone! Walk-off home run! You did it, Shedlong Jr. Shed Long, he's back. That was his first career Grand Slam. So we saw two firsts, one for JP, first career Grand Slam. Then we had Shed Long with his first career Grand Slam. It was a walk-off. I mean, this was just a fun weekend of baseball. The weather was great. The the young guys on this baseball team are starting to really perform and hit their stride. This is what you're hoping to see. And even an old guy, if you want to call him old, Mitch Hanniger had his moment as well. But you really want to see these young guys take the lead and start performing. And that's what we were seeing. Um, I wish I could have been there this weekend. I know a couple of people who were there. And they said it just felt like good times. You know, we got fans out at T-Mobile Park. Young guys are performing. Um, I like what I'm seeing. And we can't ignore the defense, though. I know we're talking about these grand slams these walk-offs but I mean JP's been playing well like I mentioned Fraley had a grab in center field defense is really stepping up as well so let me remind you you guys text in let me know was this the most fun you've had watching the M's this year for me most definitely they have won seven of their last eight games they seem like they're turning a corner ride this wave there's going to be a time where things go down again. They're going to lose a couple games. That's baseball, especially with a young team. They're not going to win every game, but this is beautiful. This is fun to watch. When's the last time you had this much fun watching the M's more? Uh, I mean, they had they had some fun stretches last year, but I would definitely say this year, this weekend was I mean, how can you beat it? You're 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 sweeping a four-game series against one of the best teams in baseball after, you know, well, a little bit of a little bit of a downswing right before that. And then we just listened to that shed long grand slam. It's so cool to see him doing so well out there because, you know, he he was struggling a little bit before he finally ended up I think saying, "Hey, I'm hurt and going out last year with that stress fracture." Then we talked to him in training camp. He thought he was going to be ready to go, but that that it was still lingering and bothering him and for him to get in there and be hitting the way that he is when I think a lot of people wrote him off. It's really fun to watch, too. I'm loving it. Fun to watch. Man, two, 206 is on my head. Once again, I said 7-1 and one in extra innings. I guess they're 8-1 more duly. So let me put that out oh, there again. I don't take that win up. from them, Michael Bumpus. You know, I got to give them their credit where credit is due. <laughs> I ain't mad at you, 206. Thanks for the heads up. All right, so, yeah, most fun I've had watching these guys. Other than, what, a couple years ago when they started off like 14-1 and one or something crazy like that. I think that was fun to watch. But this is real. This is... As Danny described it as, you got directions to a a destination that's far away, and you're starting to see the landmarks. You're starting to see this team hit. You're starting to see the pitching get better. And let me also point out, man, since JP has moved up to the leadoff spot, he's batting 346. We got to get this guy into the All-Star game. We have to. All right, here's the take two. U.S. Supreme Court says the NCAA violated antitrust laws when it limited the amount of students could receive for musical instruments, scientific equipment, postgraduate scholarships, tutoring, academic awards, and paid internships. I mean, all that sounds good. But if you are on scholarship, you're going to have access to all that stuff. Now, you're going to have if, if you're going to have resources when it comes to tutoring and, and education and all that. Let's get down to the real business. It's them getting paid for their likeness. For you putting out commercials and posters and and selling jerseys with popular players being the face of the program. There's a reason why people come to these football games. They don't go to see Nick Saban coach at Alabama more, do they? 
They don't they don't go to Wasu to see Nick Rolovich walk up and down the sidelines. They go for the players. Right, I, I've been a player. I've been in their shoes. I feel like these guys need to be compensated. I'm not saying they need to be millionaires in, in college. No, no one needs to be a millionaire in college. You go to school, you get your education. But in the summertime, it's rough, man. You don't get scholarship money. They don't feed you. Um, you, you still got to pay for your living situation. Just give these guys some money to survive during the summer. I'm all for it. What are your thoughts on this issue, Dooley? Yeah, I have I have no problem with it, and it's hard for me to understand why why people I, I some people want to you know give that line that they're getting an education so they shouldn't be getting any more because some of us don't get that, but I just don't understand why you would root for the schools when they're making so much money off of it, trying to say that they're spending it all and they don't have any profit while still charging even non-athletes so much money to go there. Like to me, they're the man, and I'm not rooting for them. Boom. <laughs> Dooley said it, so you know it's they real. Make a lot of money, and if Lots they have to give some of that back to the athletes that are making it for them, I have no issue with that. Just a little piece of the pie, just a little bit. Three six zero says, "Hey, bump." Where I, he's referring to the, or he or she is referring to the Mariners. Hey, bump. Yeah, this this stretch has been great. Four game sweep against the Rays with smart baseball. Good approaches against tough pitching. Pitching hitting with the other way was clutch. Great wins. Lots of contributors. Key, lots of contributors. Earlier in the season, it was Mitch, Mitch, Mitch. France was sprinkling there every now and then. It was Mitch, Mitch, Mitch. Nice to see the young guys get involved, like I said. Best weekend for me when it comes to Mariners, uh, excuse me, Mariners baseball. Like I said, I've been covering these dudes for about five to six years, and uh, it's been rough. So I feel for you guys who's been in the trenches with these dudes for 20-plus years, watching them grind. Take this and run with it. Yes, they have to finish it off. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but – we are starting to see them move in the right direction. And right now it's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Kings Heating and Air. All right, Bump, let's uh, get your thoughts on Sean McVay being featured in Albert Breer's Monday Morning Quarterback column this week. He was asked about previous comments that he's made, kind of about how his coaching style could lead to burnout. Uh, He said, quote, we talked about burnout and things like that, but I say this and I really mean it. I feel like I'm 30 years old again in a lot of good ways because of the people I'm around and the place I'm in. When you hear someone say they feel like they're 30 years old again, how old would you think they are? 45? Late 40s? Yeah, (laughs) he's 35. 35 (laughs) years old. Five years ago. (laughs) Five years. And you know what? I said this earlier. He ain't got no kids. Like, kids wear you down. They're the greatest joy in the world. I love my three babies, but they will wear you down. McVay, you get paid to coach football. You live in a mansion. You have a model girlfriend. You make tons of money. All right. And and you know what? It, this is He's playing tricks on himself. He's convincing himself in his mind that he's back to the days where the Rams were just the greatest offense in all the land and nobody could stop him. They couldn't figure him out. So he's convincing himself that he's getting back there. And maybe he's saying Matthew Stafford as well. Like, look, I got a new quarterback. It's a brand new relationship. So if this is what he has to do to get himself in a good place, then so be it. But let's not forget, he's in the same division as the Seahawks. So I don't want him feeling too good, do we? Don't want it. Well, I mean... It's interesting to hear that he's even contemplated the fact that he might have burnout in the future because he says he invests so much in his coaching. Like, it's just not something I feel like you would ever hear Pete Carroll reference. He always yeah. talks about having fun. It, it doesn't seem like it's a burden on him. 
No, it, you know, coaching, it's tough. It's long hours. You're watching film, especially as a head coach. You're doing a lot of management when it comes to your players and your coaching staff. But end of the day, he has a job that only 32 or 31 other people have. And it's a privilege, and he should enjoy it. I'm sure he does. But this is what football players do. This is what coaches do. You, you trick yourself to believe something that's not there. And, and anything to keep you motivated and going, he does have long hours, but you're getting paid lots of money to do it. McVeigh, do what you got to do, baby. All right, next up, uh, there were two Game 7s in the Eastern Conference over the weekend, and the road team won in both instances. Kevin Durant forced overtime on Saturday with a really tough turnaround, but the Bucks won by four in overtime, and the Sixers choked on Sunday night with Ben Simmons just really having a rough night. Okay, let's start with Brooklyn. You Sonics fans out there, I know you guys are bitter. Every time we talk basketball, there's somebody who's going to text, why are we talking basketball? Because it's a great sport, and Washington produces a lot of good basketball players. So let's give a little homage. KD, former Seattle Supersonic, this guy might be, he might have passed LeBron up as the best in the game right now. I think LeBron is the most complete player, but KD is the best scorer. He gets a shot off him anywhere. Perfect example against the Milwaukee Bucks, a turnaround two-pointer, almost a three-pointer to win the game. Just didn't have enough firepower in overtime to get it done. I like that the Bucks moved on to the Eastern Conference Finals. I love seeing underdogs win, if you want to call the Bucks an underdog. Now we go over to ATL versus Philly. And poor Ben Simmons, man. We knew coming out of LSU that he wasn't a shooter, but a lot of guys develop into shooters. And I would think at this point in his career, he, he should have a mid-range jumper. He also passed up a dunk to give it to his boy to lay it up. Now I think he's afraid of being fouled. He doesn't want to go to the free throw line. He's not a great free throw shooter. If you are a guard and you are going to handle the ball as much as Ben Simmons does, you have to be able to at least, at least make free throws we're not seeing that. The young man's confidence is down. His his coach didn't help him out after the game. Dooley, do we still have that sound of Doc Rivers talking about Ben Simmons? Uh, yes. Give me just one second. Here we go. Doc, do you think Ben Simmons can, can still be a point guard for, for a championship team like the one you guys want to become? Yeah, David, I don't know that question or the answer to that right now. Um, you know, so I don't know the answer to that. Yikes. They- Pretty much just ask him, can you win with Ben Simmons? Can you win a championship with Ben Simmons? He says, I don't have the answer to that. Now, you can put blame on Ben Simmons, but let's not forget, Doc Rivers has lost like four or five straight game sevens, which is tied for the most as a head coach in the NBA. So, Doc, you got some work to do as well. Pump your, your guard up. Don't throw him under the bus like that. Show him some fake love, please. Please show him some fake love. This hour of the Paul Galan Show is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. Now it's time for you to be heard. Your voice, your opinions. It's time to be heard. Every day at 1015 with Paul Gallant. Be heard. Time to be heard. If you want to holler at me, you want to talk about these M's, you want to talk football, basketball, whatever you want to talk about, I'm here for it, man. 206-421-3776. I'm going to go to the text line and see what these people are talking about. All right, here we go. From the 360, the M's were weekend warriors. All great games. Pushed Tampa to their longest losing streak in two-plus years. Campaign for Crawford 2021 All-Star. Yes, weekend warriors. You need that, especially at home. Take care of games at home. Be weekend warriors. Give yourself some confidence. Tampa Bay Rays, man, that's a good ball club. 
good ball club with good pitching. They pushed them to the limit and came out with four wins, swept them. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, what else we got here? Let's go with I'm sorry, looking up, looking up, looking up. Okay, the 425 says, Bump, I'm opposed to athletes being paid to attend a college. But you brought up a great point. Zero excuses for college not to feed their athletes. Thank you. At least feed them, right? At least feed them. You got to eat. You want these guys to bulk up? When I was a freshman in college, I came in weighing 165 pounds. I left at 200 pounds. If I wasn't eating, that's not going to happen. You guys have, they have to eat. They have to protect their body. Have to be good to go. All right, we got some callers, man. Let's go to line one. We got Evan in Puyallup. Thanks for having me. What up, Evan? How you doing, man? Good. I also want to say I think that uh, athletes should be paid, um, just like professional athletes, in their own way when they're in college. But my question for you was, between um, Dwayne Brown and Adams, what contract do you think um, kind of like looming over the Seahawks more and which one's uh, going to be kind of a tougher dis- decision to process for them? in your opinion? You know, I think they're both tough, and I think they're both going to get done. Let me just start with that. But I think the one that's looming right now would have to be Jamal just because he's younger. He's going to play longer. Dwayne Brown is on his last leg. Dwayne Brown, if you do not sign Dwayne Brown again, which I think they are going to do, but if you don't, you're going to have an unhappy quarterback again, and you're not going to take care of the main piece on an offensive line that's given up the most sacks in the last nine years. Now, it's not necessarily this group, but collectively as the Seahawks, they've given up the most sacks. When it comes to Jamal, it's all about finding ways to make him the highest paid safety in the league. They're going to get there, but they have to move money around, and I think it's going to be a slower process. And I think Jamal understands that. The Hawks understand that. Seems like they are on the same page. Both are going to get done. But I think Jamal's is a bit more urgent just because he has the potential to be here longer than Dwayne Brown is going to be here. All right. Okay. let's. All right, Evan, man. Have a good day. You too. Thank you. All right. Line two. We're going to go to Bob in Bothell. What's up, Bob? Hey, uh, Mr. Bumpus. Thank you for taking my call. Um, no problem. I just wanted to shout out to you that. Sorry, I disagree with you on your aspect of paying college students. Okay. Um, I think the universities of today and all around America have lost its true purpose as what a university was truly about. It wasn't about Wazoo football or UW football or uh, Clemson being you know number one or Alabama. It was about the academic students who were creating things that actually benefited everyone. For instance, an example would be my brother um, who passed away in March, but he had four open-heart surgeries done at the University of Washington. Back in the time of 1975, when he had his first one, he was, that was the only college medical school that would even bother trying that operation. Now, you're going to shoot out and say, hey, yo, student-athletes should be paid. Yeah, they should be paid in a sense, but then their scholarships should be cut and be given to students that are actually benefiting people outside of sports. I think our colleges have been wrapped up too much around the sports industry and not enough with our academic industry, and it's showing. Students are leaving college not being able to find a job, not unless they're a computer programmer or a mathematician or something like that. 
they're leaving college with nothing. Yeah. Nothing. All right, Bob, I hear your point. I understand your point. I'm sorry you lost your brother in March. And I agree with you, man. University do some great things. University of Washington, where I'm from, um, UCLA a Medical Center is awesome. And they do great things. And maybe the universities have lost their way. It was about young minds being creative and doing better things for the human race. But this is where we are today. It's about sports. The NFL uses the universities as a feeder program to get into the NFL. They used to use universities for basketball. Now guys can go overseas, but the NBA uses it as a feeder program to get to the NBA. And because of that, these universities are making millions and millions of dollars. So I understand your point where you're coming from. I think that is important that we create young minds to give these guys platforms to do great things for, for people across the world. But we can't ignore that these universities make tons of money off of athletes to go out there and perform. And yes, they give them scholarships. They also give scholarships to great minds. They give scholarships to minorities. They give grants to different types of people. There's different different scholarships out there. People just think that athletes are the only ones getting scholarships. That's not true. So I agree with you, universities, hey, create great minds, but we can't ignore the fact universities are feeder programs, and, these, and they're making tons of money off these young athletes. Bob, thank you for the call, sir. All right, let's go back to the text lines. 253 says, all, repeat, all student athletes should have access to a plethora of food, especially healthy choices. This itself could be a nutritional class. Yes, right? You, you got to eat to survive, okay? You got to eat to grow your body. You got to eat to um, prepare your body for your games. That's all I'm asking, man. Take care of these kids during the summer. And if you're using their likeness, like they print college jerseys for a reason. They're not printing number... 82 of the walk-on freshmen who's redshirting, who you're not going to see on Saturday, they're printing the jerseys of the guys who's going to touch the football, who's going to make the tackle. Why are they doing that? Because it's smart business. They know people are going to buy those jerseys. So people are buying those jerseys because of the kids who are wearing them on Saturday. Why doesn't it make sense to give these guys some of that? You're using their likeness to make money, to benefit. That's just how I see it. I've been in their shoes before. Just hook a brother up. That's all I'm saying, man. Give them, give them something. All right? Here we go. Uh, two five three says two and a half percent of jersey sales with two and a half percent match to a generic pay fund for players. Totaling five percent of sales will go so far. Yes, I agree, and that's my point right there. We're not asking for these guys to get rich. That's not it. We're just asking for them to get a piece of the pie that they are creating with the services they provide for the school. And yes, they get scholarships. People are going to, people are going to beat that drum to the end of time. They get scholarships. It's a privilege. A lot of people get scholarships, folks. Lots of people get scholarships. All right. Well, we'll get back to this. This is Michael Bumpus filling in for Paul Gallant on the Paul Gallant show. Talk to you in a minute. It's 1030. And that means it's time to get in the sports pit. In the pit where all that stuff goes down, and if you don't have some freaking toughness, you're going to get your, you're going you're gonna to fail. With Paul Gallant. Michael Bump is filling in for my guy. And now we're going into the sports pit, and we have no other than Shannon Dreher. Shannon, how you doing? I just got her bump. Maybe let's throw to her one more time. No, no worries. We're going to talk to Shannon Dreher. Shannon, how you doing? 
I'm doing well. I had a pretty good weekend. <laughs> I bet you did. What, how are you feeling right now? Are you are you like a proud parent watching these young M's have a have a good weekend? You know what? I am a little bit befuddled, to be honest with you, to, to see what we saw and to try and sort it out and figure out what does this all mean? Is it just one week? Is it just one weekend? It's um, all part of the experience of trying to you know, cover and watch a team that is growing. And it was a lot of fun to watch. And yeah, it, do, I, do I feel I don't know that I feel proud of them, but I, I <laughs> you can't help but be happy for the guys that you've seen put in so much work like Shedlong and everything that he has come back and have the success that he had. And, and, you know, the emotion of JP Crawford hitting his first grand slam, it was a lot of fun. And it was, um, you know, a surprise. You don't expect to see the team with the best record in baseball coming into town, get swept, let alone get swept in a four game series, let alone three walk-off wins. So uh, I'm not quite sure what I was watching. <laughs> now you mentioned JP and Shedlong both had their first grand slams. Uh, what does that do for the confidence of guys like this and the team in general? Did, did the team feed off of this? What does that do for them? I think they do feed off of it. And I think that's one of the, the, great things that when you are watching this club and something that came out of this weekend and the conversations was something that I heard quite a bit in spring training and in spring training you don't know if it's real at that point but um, a lot of guys were saying when you ask what is the strength of this club what gives you confidence that you guys are going to be okay as a unit and they almost to a man said everybody works hard and they said you don't have to worry about anybody in this clubhouse not working hard and they, they were saying that again this weekend and ryan roland smith and you've been in clubhouses you know that if there is you know somebody in one corner who maybe is not quite on the same program as everybody else it can have a, a pretty tough effect on a ball club but uh ryan roland smith pointed to that he's been on the teams that you know some guy might not be interested in doing this some guy might have a different motivation and whatnot but when you have all 26 uh, really kind of pulling in the same direction and basing everything on work, uh, that is a good foundation to have. And I think that to ha- kind of hear that again this weekend uh, gave you a good feeling about what you were seeing. Yeah, I agree, Shannon. It's all about that foundation, especially with this young team. they got a lot of young pieces, guys we expect to be moved up. So I'm I'm feeling it, Shannon. I'm, I'm buying in. I understand that there's going to be ups and downs, but I'm riding this high right now. But let's talk about Marco Gonzalez. He pitched six innings, uh, two earned runs, six Ks. What are you seeing out of him, and what does he need to do to get back to the form we're used to seeing him in? I think it was pretty close yesterday. I think that the only thing that he is really missing right now is uh, we're not seeing that cutter as much as we have seen it in the past, which you kind of want to get to the reason why. Is this the pitch that he is shelving that he has found? He's decided that uh, he is, is getting more out of his other pitches, or is this a pitch that he's not throwing because he's not comfortable with it? And he's been pretty open about having some timing issues from com- since coming back from the IL. Perhaps it's a pitch that's going to come along. But uh, Marco, if you want him to be absolutely stellar, and no pitcher is every time that they go out, he, he needs most of his stuff, and that was certainly an important pitch for him. But other than that, uh, you saw – Mostly good command. You did see three walks, and that is a little unusual for him. But I think that uh, everything that we saw yesterday would seem to indicate that he is getting back to, if not what we saw last year, what we saw in 2019. He looked like Marco Gonzalez out there, and that's important for this group. 
It's all about progress, I feel like, with this young group. And we've seen a lot of progress out of J.P. Crawford. He went from batting ninth. Now he's batting leadoff. What have you seen out of his approach at the plate that's really allowed him to have success when swinging a bat? He's been staying with the approach. And one of the things that has really jumped out of me about J.P. Crawford is he's an interesting case in that uh, he is at that point where he's got about 1,100 plate appearances in the big leagues and kind of traditionally that's how long it's taken for players for most players it it doesn't all happen at once it doesn't all happen in the minor leagues they continue to develop at the big league level and what I, i when i first met jp when he first came over to the club i remember he was sitting in his locker in peoria at at the spring training complex and I asked him about his offense, and he had said that he had worked in the off season with some of the hitting specialists and that that was something that he did, and that was right when the launch angle revolution was starting to take off, and he was working on that. And there's always been comments that he can get bigger, he can get stronger, and kind of alluding to perhaps maybe he should be hitting for more power. Well, he really shouldn't. He's a gap-to-gap hitter, and one of those hitters, you know, kind of much like Ty France, that when he gets going, the home runs are going to come. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. I think he is comfortable with who he is at the plate, not trying to be too much. And I think the idea of being a leadoff hitter was something that was new to him up until a year ago, and it is something that he has embraced, and it is something that he you know, fiercely is protective of, wants to hold on to, and he wants to set that tone at the top of a game for the Mariners. So I think uh, in finding his identity, which is, I think what he was all along, I think he got a little off track because of the expectations uh, that were put on him. I, I think this is J.P. Crawford, and I think that is most important. He knows who he is at the plate. He's got a good eye at the plate. He is usually patient. Uh, he can hit gap to gap, and when he gets going, you can see the ball fly out of the ballpark, but that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is he keeps that line going. He gets on base. He sets the tone, and he's doing that right now. Shannon, you said something that I think is very important. Athletes who know who they are are going to have more success. They know what they're good at. They know what they need to work on. They're not going to overextend themselves. A guy who I see who is finding out who he is or getting back to who he is is Kikuchi. Now, after the season, I mean, mm-hmm. three days after the World Series, uh, the uh, Mariners got to make a decision. Are we going to extend this guy? He's got a four-year option. What do you think they're going to do? I think that what we're seeing with Yusei Kikuchi right now, I think at the end of the season we'll look back and find out that this was real. And if you can go out there and find a an equivalent pitcher, uh, left-handed, 98 miles an hour with a fastball, he's got the he has got the highest average velocity for a left-handed starter with the four seamer. And the four seamer has gotten better. This is a pitch when he first came over in that first year. I was like, don't throw that. It's going to get crushed. <laughs> he now can use that for effect. He can now use that up in the zone for swing and miss. He can hit 98 on his last pitch uh, of an outing. It, it, it's beautiful. And everything that goes with it has uh, been fantastic. And it's been a process. It's been a, a two-year process to get to here. If you can find a $66 million four-year player uh, pitcher, good luck. I mean, what he is doing right now is if he continues to do that, it is well above that price tag. And if you look at the Mariners and if you don't do that, where are you getting that? And you're not getting that internally. You know that the young pitchers are coming, but they're not going to be here next year. And when they get here, they are not going to be 
you know, a, a veteran. They're not going to be even a three-year experienced player. So I think that is very important that if he continues, and they've got time. You know, they've got the rest of the season. They don't yeah. have to do this tomorrow. But if he continues to do what he is doing, I think that all of a sudden that contract that was uh, a little bit questionable at the time, I, I think all of a sudden becomes an incredible deal. All right, real quick, last one I got for you, Shannon. Now they took care of the Tampa Bay Rays. Now they have the Colorado Rockies coming into town. I mean, what should we expect? Do do we need them to sweep it or just need to see steady improvement with pitching and uh, and appearances at the plate? What does this team need to do to continue the success? I, I think I, hopefully I think what was taken away from this series on the offensive end is that approach, is sticking with that approach. And it's not same. It's not the same from night to night. A lot of it has to do with the pitcher that's on the other side. But we have say, seen them. Uh, stay with that approach. We have seen the bullpen all of a sudden is back to what we were seeing earlier in the season where there are multiple arms that are trusted that you can go to and they can be locked down. Uh, with Colorado coming in, uh, I think uh, you look to take advantage. They come in, they've won five games on the road this season. So you want both of those games. And you've got pitching going up on the hill that should be able to help support that. So uh, why not get the last two of the homestand? There it is. Shannon Dreher, appreciate your time. Anytime, Michael. All right, have a good one. All right, coming up next, you got one more chance to be heard. Hit me up, 206-421-3776. This closest thing out on Michael Bumpus filling in for Paul Gallant. You're listening to Paul Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Every day at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to the Paul Gallant Show. Michael Bumpus filling in. Remember, our question of the day this past weekend, is that the most fun you've had watching the M's this year? If you want to holler at me, we can talk about that. We can talk about football, basketball, whatever you want to do, 206-421-3776. And, yes, I'll answer that question for you if you don't want to text in or call in. Yes, this is the most fun. Why is it the most fun? Because they're winning, obviously. we Everyone loves a winner, and we love seeing guys do something for the first time. JP had his first Grand Slam. Shed Long had his first Grand Slam. The old school Mitch Hanniger came through with a walk-off hit. It's just fun. It's, it's dramatic, and I love dramatic things, especially when it comes to sports. You know, And if you were not at T-Mobile Park, it was electric. It was so electric. I want to hear the Shed Long Walk off again. This call is ridiculous. More, can we play that? Shedlong Jr. has a chance to win this one in 10 for the Mariners. Castillo sets, fires. Swing out to right field. This is on its way back, and it's gone! Walk off home run. You did it, Shedlong Jr. Walk-off Grand Slam. Shed Long Jr., we know this guy has battled with injuries. Way to come back and perform. It's just been a great time. It's been a great time. It's a good time to be a Mariners fan. They have the Rockies coming in this week. And we just want to see them continue to progress. Now, I understand that this is a young team. There's going to be ups and downs, smiles and frowns. But all we want to see is progression, and I think we're seeing that. We're seeing young guys like JP step up. Shed Long has stepped up. And... What also keeps me optimistic is that all their dudes aren't even on the field yet. He still got Kelnick down in the, in the minors trying to get his stuff together. We still got to see Julio Rodriguez. Marco Gonzalez is coming back into his form. Justin Shetfield is trying to work out some things. Justin Dunn still has some things to work out. We're not even seeing the best that these guys have to offer yet, yet we're seeing them perform. That's what makes it fun. 
Uh, I'm just having a great time watching these guys. Oh, yeah, don't forget, Fraley with Robin and home run out in the outfield. I mean, it's just exciting baseball. And with JP, the reason why I'm most excited for JP is because he's beginning of the season, he seemed like a shy guy. Right, he seemed like a guy who's not going to be super loud, rah rah, and out there. He's batting ninth in the lineup. Then he comes up, he moves up to the number one spot. He's batting three forty six since being moved there. He's seeing his personality come out a bit more, his leadership a bit more. I just love his style. I love his game. Oh yeah, let's not forget that Kyle Lewis ain't even on the field yet either. Kyle Lewis is not on the field yet. All right, so let's go to the text lines. Let's see what you guys are saying. Hey, Bum, what's the deal with the Trailblazers? Any thoughts on what they'll construct around Dame with the new GM? Dame needs some help. Uh, McCullough's not enough. Dame definitely needs some help. I'm a Laker fan, so you know I'm all for the Lakers going after Dame, but I don't think he's going to do that. He's not the type of guy to leave a situation. He's one of, he's, I think he's going to stay there. He's going to tough it out. What can they build around him? I think they need a legit number two guy. I think McCullough can be the number three guy. He needs a legit number two, someone he can count on, and maybe another big man. It's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough to get guys to get out to Portland. I don't know why. Portland's a great place. I love Portland. But, it, you know, it's uh, different strokes for different folks. Some guys, it's all about destination, right? That's why the Lakers, and I'm not just saying this because they're my team, okay? But that's why the Lakers can get superstars because it's just L.A. It's all about destinations, stuff like that. All right, what else we got? Bump, do you think Alba Kamara... Kamara. How do you say that? Is it Kamara or Kamara, Dooley? I think it's Kamara. It's Kamara. Okay, because I've, I've heard it. It goes back and forth. All right. Um, Alvin Kamara is one of the most underrated backs in the league. I don't think he's underrated. I think people know exactly who he is and what he does. He is hard to tackle. He can catch the ball off the backfield. He can run in between the tackles, outside the tackles. No, I think people – I don't think people are sleeping on Kamara at all. Hey, he's three, six, got into oh. the NASCAR game, too. Yeah, he has. What's his, what's his position? You remember uh, what it's called? So, yeah, they hired him to be um, their first growth and engagement advisor. It was kind of cool. Last year, he became a big Bubba Wallace fan, went to his first race, kind of shouted him out on Twitter. And then I think he invested in a car after that in one of really? the, the racers. Yeah, and now he's going to try to help uh, grow their fan engagement with like the younger crowd. Grow the sport. That's yeah. awesome, man. Get the sport in places that it typically isn't. You know, when I think of NASCAR, I just think of North Carolina. I think of, I think of Daytona. I think of Bristol. You know, let, let's, get, let's get NASCAR in places that you don't expect to see. And I think Alvin is the perfect type of guy to do it because he doesn't look like your typical NASCAR fan. Dude has uh, nose rings, dreads. He's a football player. I don't know too many football players, younger football players, who support NASCAR. So I think that's a great move. You get one of the most popular um, electric players out there and – have him engage with the people, right? Honestly, I know he's involved. I might watch a bit a bit more NASCAR than I usually do. I typically only watch like the last 20 laps of Daytona or something like that. Um, Those but, races are long. People talk about baseball games, man. Man, they are long as heck. Long as heck. The good <laughs> thing about NASCAR, though, you can tailgate, man. You can tailgate. You know, yeah. you make it a, a whole weekend type deal. So we'll see what Alvin's able to do when it comes to engaging people engaging people all right what we got what else do we have here let's go the uh two five three says i'm so excited about this team i haven't looked forward to watching these games until this year boom so it's working you're excited i just want to encourage people to stay excited even when it gets smacked and they lose a couple of games be excited look for little wins little moral victories 
You know, uh, young guys performing, old guys being consistent, uh, uh, the 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 pitching staff getting better, the bullpen performing. You guys forget, or maybe you haven't forgotten, but beginning of the year, the bullpen was holding it down. It was all about the bullpen. Then it kind of faded away a little bit. Now they're coming back. It's all about having everybody clicking at the same time. Dooley, who's your favorite player to watch right now? Oh, gosh, you put me on the spot there. I mean, J.P. Crawford's up there. I, I'm i really happy to see Shed Long back, too. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun watching Logan Gilbert, though. Like, yeah. Just how, how much he was able to turn that around after... Obviously, we shouldn't expect too much in his first couple starts, but it was it was looking a little sketchy there. We were we were starting to get a little concerned, and he's just improved every single time out. Yep, improved every time out. His last time out struck out seven against the Rays. Um, progress, there we go. Progress. Two five three says they're saying Pelicans can relocate in twenty twenty four. How does Zion in Seattle sound to you? Sounds great. Basketball in Seattle in general sounds great. I don't even care if it's an expansion team and have a goofy name with ugly uniforms. I don't care. Just get basketball back into the state of Washington. There's way too many good high school basketball players going on to D1. Uh, 206 says Fraley. Did I say his name wrong? I'm sorry. Fraley. Fraley, Fraley, Fraley. Fraley made a play. But, yes, Zion in Seattle, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Happy to see I don't know if it's going to happen, though. So many things that have to have to happen. They do have a new arena, Key Arena. It's going to hold it down, get the Kraken coming out here. It's not Key Arena, isn't it? It's something else now that they name it something else? It's Climate still Pledge. Key. Climate Pledge. There we go. Climate Pledge Arena. All right. That's all I have for you guys today, man. I appreciate you hanging there in there with me. I want to thank Shannon Dre for coming on. More Dooley for doing what she do. Coming up next, you have Jake and Stacy. I'm Michael Bumpers. This has been Real. Talk to you Wednesday.